This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Goon Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. I hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us and making the show a part of your morning routines. I hope you had a good weekend. I certainly did. I enjoyed my weekend. It's always much appreciated when Arsenal win. I'd almost forgotten what the feeling of winning was like. It'd been so long since we won that last game. You know, I had Man City, we had Everton, Brentford, then City again. And I'd almost forgotten what the feeling of, of winning was. Um, but I'm very thankful uh, for the weekend. I'm very thankful. I nearly, nearly, nearly had to experience the disappointment of a draw. But uh, because of Amy Martinez, who I sent a very kind letter to yesterday, just a thank you note. You know, you, you know when you go to like weddings and stuff and uh, you're very thankful for being invited and because you were given things like food and, and uh, you've exchanged gifts. And well, not exchange gifts. I don't know who exchanges gifts at weddings. You give gifts. And we were given the gift of, uh, of of happiness by Emmy Martinez on Saturday. And I just wanted to send him a little thank you note. So, Emmy, cheers, mate. Uh, good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Uh, good morning to Penny Ween. Uh, good morning to Olu. Good morning to Matt G, Amira, uh, A1, Akmal, Keems, Martin, Black Shine, Red Star, Yomi. Uh, Johnny, good morning to you guys. Granddaddy Guna, Paul, Clincy, Temi, uh, Marcus, Dave, Josh, Carl, and plenty more of you guys as well. Thank you so much. Um, Josh, sorry, I'm not going to cut you. I literally, I did. I nearly very so nearly cut you before uh, I went on to the next one. Um, but uh, good morning, everybody else uh, in the chat box. Hope you're good. Hope you're well. And uh, oh, a certain Lavanja uh, is there as well. Morning, Tom. Give me some good news this morning, mate. Partey back or missing another game? How about Borg- uh, Jorginho's performance? Partey and Jorginho midfield moving forward. Come on, the boys. You can, of course, join myself, Lev, and Mo this evening at eight o'clock UK time for the Arsenal Lounge. I'll be tackling your questions in a bit, Lev. Don't you worry, son. Um, but let's get on with today's stories. First of all, if you didn't yet watch our podcast yesterday, I was joined by Umar, Mike, and Pablo. 
it's it's just worth watching to see where Mike is, to be honest. Um, if you've not yet watched yesterday evening's podcast and you need an hour's worth of entertainment, it's just worth watching it for that. There was um <laughs> there was impersonations of David Moyes attempting to do Spanish. Uh, there was impersonations of Joey Barton attempting to do French accents. It was great. We had a really good evening, a good chat about Arsenal and uh, and what this means going forward. So if you haven't given that a watch yet, make sure you do and go give it a like while you're at it as well. But uh, new stories over the course of the weekend moving into today and this week. Manchester United closed their gap with Manchester City to just three points after goals from Rashford and Jadon Sancho in their 3-0 victory over the Foxes. Uh, Arsenal, of course, will play Leicester City on Saturday uh, at the King Power Stadium. I'm going to be there and we're going to continue this fine run of form with me at away games. Um, I, sh- I should point out, yeah, I've, I, the record's not too bad now. At least I'm in the I'm in the uh, the black, I think it's called. Uh, you don't want to be in the red, unless you're Arsenal, I guess. But uh, I'm in the black regarding wins and uh, I'm very happy with that's the case after the game against Aston Villa. It's very, very nearly continued the curse. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we play Leicester on Saturday. They look like a team that could have gotten something from that. I think the scoreline ultimately flattered Manchester United a bit. And how Leicester hadn't scored at some point in the game was a little bit beyond me. Uh, certainly worth watching it back just to kind of get a gauge of, of where they are. But I'm looking forward to seeing um, that game and how Arsenal react to it. But I'm also looking forward to the fact that we don't have to play Man United again this season because they are turning on a bit of form right now. They really are turning on a little bit of a, a run. And it's a little, a little concerning... You know, if people are saying that City are in the title race, a team that are three points behind them, it's difficult to say that they're not. Um, but uh, someone needs to put the brakes on that Manchester United run of fixtures. Tottenham uh, also managed to turn their own fortunes around. They beat West Ham United 2-0, thanks to goals from Emerson Royale and Human Son. Uh, and yet another very, very strange penalty incident, this time Tilo Kera. Uh, was the was the man that stuck his hand down to the floor of which a ball then struck his arm and no penalty was given. I, I see what people are saying because it's kind of an accidental movement, but I just don't see how that doesn't constitute handball. And, you know, I don't want Spurs to get a penalty at all. I don't want them to get a penalty, trust me. But I do want Arsenal to be awarded one if the same thing happens. And that's what I think we have to do to contextualise this. It's just mental to me how... They're not giving these penalties right now. It, it is mad to think that these penalties are not. And it's mad also that West Ham United, the team that are involved in this the most. And now that leaves after this weekend's Premier League. The relegation battle, very interesting indeed. Southampton, of course, who beats Chelsea. Uh, still bottom of the table, but on 18 points. Leeds United being beaten by Everton. Got Everton out of the relegation zone. They, in fact, overtook Leeds. Leeds are now 19th on 19 points. West Ham United in the relegation battle as well. I'm very much in the bottom three on 20 points. Bournemouth in 17th on 21. Everton uh, also on 21. And Wolves uh, above them with 23. We play 14th place Leicester, who are only four points above the relegation zone themselves on 24. Meanwhile, at the top, after this weekend's action, Arsenal, of course, as we know, continue to lead, uh, lead the league with 54 points, having played 23 games. Everybody else, bar ourselves, Newcastle, Actually, to be fair, a fair few teams have got a lot of double game weeks, it seems, coming up. City, United and Spurs are some of the only teams that have played 24 games uh, from the looks of things. But uh, yes, we've got 54 points from 23. City got 52 from 24. 
Man United have got 49 from 24 and Tottenham have got 42. That gap still to the uh, the fifth place is at 13 points currently for Arsenal. That could close um, uh, depending on what happens in games in hand and things like that. But uh, it's looking pretty darn good uh, still for Arsenal. With that game in hand at home to Everton, Arsenal will be wanting revenge uh, for that game at Goodison Park. Moving forwards, uh, I had a chat with uh, Alexander Zinchenko after the game at, uh, I forgot the name of the stadium, Villa Park. <laughs> I had a chat with Alexander Zinchenko after the game, had a, a few questions myself uh, and some of the other journalists uh, stood around waiting uh, patiently and eventually got the chance to speak with Zinni. I asked him about his goal. And he wasn't really that keen on talking about individuality and actually kind of wanted to talk more broadly. He said in the second half, um, sorry, talking to him first of all, he said, uh, to be honest, the performance in the first half wasn't good enough. I wasn't happy at all. In the second half, we showed our character and that this team has balls and I'm happy to help my team with the goal. But my priority was always three points. Just Yeah. And I have to tell you, in the moment where he said this team's got balls, he quickly profusely apologized to anyone around him that would might have been offended none of us were you know it's funny we had a good laugh about it at the time but uh, I, I think he's absolutely right I think the team showed gumption um you know remember those famous quotes from Troy Deeney where he said Arsenal lacked cojones you cannot say that about this Arsenal team anymore they're battlers they're fighters and characters like Zinchenko are absolutely key to that I also asked him about his relationship with the left wingers uh, that he's got as well because he's playing with multiple uh, different players at the moment on that left-hand side. He says Martinelli is an unbelievable player and we all know his quality. He's so fast and dangerous and always goes forward. From when he came on, he brought fresh legs, but also Leo, uh, Leo Trossard did an amazing job today and he's so important for us as well. Uh, it's so interesting, isn't it? So many of us kind of spoke uh, about dropping uh, Zinchenko and bringing Tierney into the team potentially for this one or at least not dropping Zinchenko but moving him into midfield over Granite Xhaka and then seeing Kieran Tierney uh, play at left back but Arteta stuck with his guns and was rewarded for that because Zinchenko's second half performance was was very very good um, and you can't really complain too much about how he performed in the second half. Speaking of Kieran Tierney uh, Newcastle United are being continually linked with a move in the summer for Tierney uh, I saw a report that suggested he's rated at around £30 million. That if Arsenal are going to get £30 million, then they've been majorly gazumped. Uh, Arsenal should be looking for at least 40 uh, in my opinion, for Kieran City. Premier League ready, mid-20s, significant length of contract, I still think, left on his deal. I think he's got at least two to three years remaining on his deal. I'll do a quick check on that so we know that we've got that accurately. But his contract runs out in 2026. He's got three years left on his deal. There's no reason why uh, Kieran Tierney shouldn't be getting well above that 30 million estimation that I saw going about. But yes, Newcastle are said to be interested and Newcastle have money. So let's not pretend like we can't try if he is going to be moving on to get absolute maximum value. But continually, he is a player that I know a lot of people like. I like him a lot. Um, but he, the, the less he plays, the more likely he is to potentially move on uh, in the summer transfer window. And with Arsenal now is Inchenko, you've got uh, Tavares coming back in the summer. Decisions have got to be made about Tierney Tavares. And if they want to go and sign another player that can get more uh, closer to what Arteta expects on that left-back role, 
Spalletti. I can see a lot of people in the chat box are saying 50 million, 45 million easy, 60 million and 10 million. And add-on says Temi is worth the same as Nicolas Pepe. HYY says 60 million. Omar says 45 million. Uh, there are plenty of different variables involved in this one. I don't know how much we'll end up getting for him, but we need to get a very good fee indeed for Tierney. And our last story of the day is that Thomas Partey is said to need another week by Mikel Arteta. Uh, speaking to BT Sport, he said he's not fit. He didn't even train with us yesterday, being the, the Friday. Uh, he wasn't feeling good enough to do that. So he probably needs another week. So whether that means he'll be fit and ready to play against Leicester City, we'll hear from Mikel Arteta a little bit later this week uh, when we get an update in his press conference. But he feels as though it's only going to be another week. What's positive about that is obviously that it's not serious. Uh, it's not a serious issue. It was muscle tightness. We were told that it was his back, where, is, uh, where he experienced that injury. But uh, Thomas Partey might need another week. If I was a betting man, I'd probably bet on him missing Leicester and it'd be more likely to see him against Everton. Um, if not, then I think it's, what, Bournemouth uh, at home after that game uh, against... Uh, Everton in midweek, I think that it is. Yes, it is indeed. So it might be that we see him against Bournemouth, but we might not see him uh, in midfield or we might not see him against Leicester. So there you go. Anyway, uh, that brings us to an end of part one. Uh, we're going to go to part two and your questions right after. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To this. Okay, uh, let's go into part two and your questions. Uh, let's go to Ashish, who says, uh, Hi, Tom. Uh, what is your take on our third goal that Jorginho scored? A lot of the pundits and Villa fans are not happy about the goal not being given as two of our players were in direct sight of their goalkeeper. That's an interesting question. Uh, I, you know, I was so caught up in the whole emotion of the goal and everything and just watching it back time after time. I've not even considered... Um, the fact that anyone might have been offside. Let me try and quickly find a quick video on Twitter. I'm sure somebody would have posted it. Here we go. Um, so the ball comes in. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. That's Zinchenko getting tackled. You'd think you'd be able to easily find a bit of a clip. Um, so, yeah, here we go. Another view of Jorginho strikes. The ball comes to Martinelli. Ball played inside. Jorginho hits it. Oh, I see what's being said. So that's is that. It's really blurry from my screen. It looks like Nketia and Erdegaard. Um, a standing just outside of the six-yard box. They are both in offside positions. Oh, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, the, the way the goalkeeper dives, he can clearly anticipate the strike. He clearly knows where the ball's going. But if it was the other way around, I think you'd probably see Arsenal fans saying 
similar things. But to be honest, Ashish, whilst I think there's potentially an argument there, um, I don't care. <laughs> because the Brentford game, when we were absolutely screwed over by VAR and offsides, I don't care. I don't care. Um, and I don't care if, if, if there's any misfortune for any teams that we face this season because we have had three points stolen from us. So I don't care. Um, but yeah, there you go. So <laughs> it's mad. It's absolutely mad that we have to go back and forth about VAR. But uh, clearly they was deemed not to be in a position that was uh, interfering with the referee. Uh, George says, what's your feelings on whether Jorginho's goal should have been ruled out for offside? Again, just kind of tough, touched on that. It's not enough for me. I don't really care. <laughs> it's not enough. And as I've said before, the Brentford game's got me feeling a lot less keen to go into the finer details of where we might see goals ruled out for us. Uh, Ronald says, who is your top choice to potentially bring in at number six in the summer? Declan Rice, Martin Zubimendi, or Amadou Anana, etc. I think Declan Rice, you know, you look at the play, you look at the potential context around a deal that would be so big for Arsenal. I'd quite like to see us go for Declan Rice. Personally, I think that's a great deal, a great statement to make, a great step forwards if Arsenal really push for a title this season of seeing this is what we can do, this is the players, it's players that we can sign. He needs to be given that escape from West Ham. We all know that is far, far too good with respect to West Ham to be playing in a relegation battle. Um, so, yes, uh, we absolutely need to make sure that we go in for a player of that at that, that level. That's really key is to bring in players at the top, top level. I don't think we necessarily need loads of players in the summer. You know, two or three, depending on who leaves, obviously. But I think, you know, Arsenal fans shouldn't be expecting another window where we try and sign six players all over again, like we did in 2021. Um, last year was important to bring in the players that we did, but we still brought in, what, five-odd players? You know, what was it? Turner, Marquinhos, Gabriel Jesus, Zinchenko, Vieira. Um, we brought in a lot of players. And then in January, we brought in three more. So that's eight players in the space of a year. It's going to get to a stage where we don't need to bring in that many players and we just need to focus on bringing in two or three really good players. That's what you look at Man City. They bring in three, maybe sometimes four, really good players during a summer transfer window. If I have a quick look at what they've done, Man City all transfers. Um, so in the summer, they brought in uh, Haaland, Calvin Phillips, Akanji uh, and Gomez. So you look at what that's that's done. You've got in a top striker, a really good midfield uh, competitor in Calvin Phillips. Uh, and you've brought in a Kanji to back up your defence. And Sergio Gomez was the replacement for Zinchenko, obviously. The year before that, they brought in Jack Grealish and Julian Alvarez. You know, I mean, what can you say about that? Brilliant business for them. Uh, the year before that, Ruben Diaz, Nathan Ake, Ferran Torres. Again, three players being brought in, all coming in and having an impact in the starting lineup. Uh, the year before that, Joao Cancelo, Rodri, were the two key players they brought in for their their squad. They also brought in a few like young guys, Angelino, uh, Pedro Porro, etc., but never ended up doing anything because they're the, the younger elements. But yeah, two big players, two key starters, two to three to four uh, players is what Arsenal should be looking to do um, during those windows to kind of push and push the needle forwards, if you like. That's what we need to be looking to try and do. Um, let's go to... <laughs> what? Um, Rancid says, if Rashford wasn't offside a few weeks ago, neither are we. <laughs> yeah, I guess that if that's the way you're going to play it, the Rashford one is ridiculous. Uh, Omar says, honestly, I'm glad uh, the Tom away curse was over. I was going to start having a petition to have you banned if it stayed 2-1. <laughs> I don't blame you. 
I'm not a superstitious. Well, I am a little bit suspicious, to, superstitious to be fair. But uh, I'm glad that I didn't have to work because I tell you, when it was when it did, we did go two one down. I was sitting there thinking, I do not want to check my Twitter account. If I check my Twitter account. I'm going to be getting absolute pelters. So I refused. And I didn't look at Twitter until full-time or near full-time when we scored. Um, but yeah, I wasn't going to be looking at social media. And then lo and behold, yes, I'd received plenty of tweets already saying, stay at home. Why have you gone to the game? <laughs> um, Steve says, uh, Tom, I can't seem to find the Premier League table anywhere. Any chance of an update just to see how we're doing? I, I've already talked it through, Steve. You go back to the start of the show. I actually did a whole thing talking through the whole table in plenty of detail. Uh, Valor says, if we claim the title this season, do you think it's possible for us to get Rice and Jude Bellingham during the summer? The difference between Rice and Bellingham is that Bellingham is going to attract a wage that I just don't think fits in the current Arsenal wage structure. You've got a teenager still, 18, 19 years of age in Bellingham. Um, I think he's still, is he still 18? The fact that he's 18. Uh, he is 19. He turns, tw- turns 20 in, in June, to be fair. You got a twenty-year-old there in the summer who could potentially be offered around three hundred thousand plus a week. Now, our highest earner is Gabriel Jesus on two hundred twenty thousand, and he's going to be turning twenty-six, twenty-seven. Um, you're looking at Bakaya Saka uh, getting a potentially a new contract as well, and you're going to look at him getting around the two hundred thousand, I think, pound a week wage mark as well. You can't be bringing in Bellingham, giving him £300,000 per week. I know people say it doesn't matter, but it does. It really does. You need to make sure that you keep your wage structure um, in a way in which it's concise and levelled and appropriate. And Arsenal made the mistakes in the past of of giving Ozil and uh, and trying to give Alexis and giving Aubameyang these massive... I know that they were different age profiles, but even then, if you give a 20-year-old £300,000 per week, where's the ceiling? Like, where's the growth? Where do you go to try and convince them to stay? You have to go to 400000 500000 You know, it becomes kind of crazy. So I think that's a, an obstacle for Arsenal. It doesn't mean that one day we don't get to the level of offering that level of contract. I just think at this moment in time right now, our wage structure just isn't at that point, um, especially considering we haven't been in the Champions League for a number of years, and that's really held us back in that sense as well because you have to work within certain means, even though those means don't ever seem to do anything that they should. Uh, Marcus says, not of quality of Saka, but could Tavares solve the winger depth option? No. Again, as you as I always say, buy a player to fit the position. Don't fit a player to a position. Buy the player to fit the position. Um, we can get a good profit on Tavares in the summer. I'm, I'm very certain of that. Uh, James says, if Arsenal win the title this season, where would you rank this achievement in relation to other titles that Arsenal have won? It's a great question. And to be honest, it probably requires an entire podcast on its own. Some people have suggested the achievement could rival that of the Invincibles. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think the Invincibles is such a unique thing um, that it's it's so difficult to not lose a game. And I don't think you should try and underestimate how big of an achievement that is. However, finding another... And I know George Graham obviously won our league title only losing one game as well and winning it against that juggernaut of a Liverpool side in 89 as well is is another massive, massive achievement. And there is a lot of similarities, ironically, I think, between that season and this season. But I just think that this on its own, you appreciate it if it is to happen. And it's a big, big if. There's a lot of football still to play. It has to be up there with with one of the best achievements of the club by by some distance. One of the best, you know. I'm not saying overtakes the Invincibles. I don't think it would, but I think it has to be up there with with you know 
one of the best ever because um, just all the context around it. Uh, Ditcher says, hi, Tom. I'm worried about our failures with set pieces. Has there been any update on the same from Arteta? Um, I mean, the goals we conceded against Villa, they weren't from set pieces, to be fair. Um there's not been any update, you know. They, obviously, we've managed to get a goal from a set piece ourselves. Um, Zinchenko got that fantastic strike on goal. We've countered from a set piece that we defended with the fourth goal. So I do think that there may be too much is made of it, to be honest. Um, and I think that because of that, because of the record in the last few games where we conceded from set pieces, it makes it harder. Just remember that the Brentford goal shouldn't have counted. The Everton goal is, is just a good goal. Um, unfortunately, there's not much we could do about that. Um, and then the city situation, to be honest, I've, I've, I've put the city situation so far out of my mind these days that I don't remember. But of course, they're, um, did it come from a set piece in either of the city games? I'm trying to think now, I'll try to wipe it from my memory. But Everton and Brentford certainly, certainly did. Uh, but I'm sure there was one in the city game that I'm completely forgetting about. Let's go to Sam who says, Tom, do you think that teams don't want us to gain momentum if you look through their history? Um, when this team gets going, we can be unstoppable. And that's why teams and referees don't like us. There is a feeling that people don't really like us. I don't really care. You know, not being liked means you're doing well, typically in football. Like you think about all the times where you'd see people like uh, Gary Neville turning around and being like, oh, if Man United don't win the league, I'd want it to be Arsenal. And now it's just battering Arsenal constantly. Because as soon as the reality comes and hits you that Arsenal could do something, Arsenal might achieve something, all of a sudden you don't want them to do it. You thought that the, the, the desperation of Gabby Agbonlahor on TalkSport to try and find something to attack Arsenal about. He settled on the Martinelli situation. was really pathetic. It was pathetic. Um, it's a celebration of a goal, like sticking his arms out in the air, and we managed to get a clip out of that. Like It's, it's unnecessary appreciate what what everything is appreciate what's happening arsenal there has not been enough credit given to arsenal this season it is an absolute travesty that what we're seeing this season from arsenal is being talked about in certain ways it has not encapsulated how big of an achievement what arsenal are doing this season is everyone wrote them off last season for top 4 and they very nearly got it and then it was a big disappointment no one ever had a a whim of an idea that we were going to be anywhere near top three, you know, let alone top one. So let's not, let's, why do we always have to find our ways of battering? I, I know the answer. It's because it promotes engagement. You know, there are plenty of channels out there that thrive off of this, you know, thrive off of the negativity, thrive off of being provocative and angry and shouty, you know. And that's why I'm so proud of the, the community we build here because we try and do it off being objective. We do it on lots of places as well. And we show that we can do it successfully. And we've built one of the best communities, I think, around by being objective and critical when you need to be critical, but ultimately stay grounded and praise and appreciate the achievements that we succeed at. And it's so frustrating, and it shouldn't be because we should just learn to ignore it, but it's so frustrating that this Arsenal team aren't getting the props that they deserve so far. And if we don't end up winning the league, you know what will happen. People will start calling for Arteta to get sacked, saying we've blown the title. People will start saying that Edu should go because we should have done more in the market. When in reality, this January window is pretty darn good. It's really easy to batter it after the after the end of the January window, but we all know that there's been contingencies in place. We're always going to have a dip at some point. Better have this dip now. Better have this dip while we're still top of the table. And the thing is, we went into the new year 
if you think about the fixtures that we've had, we went into the new year. I don't know how far at the top of the table we were. I'll be about five to eight points, something like that. In fact, let me find the the match report. So it was Brighton. What was the Brighton score? Was it four two in the end? It was, wasn't it? Uh, match report, BBC Sport of the Brighton game, because that'll tell me where we were in relation. So at after sixteen games, we were seven points clear at the top of the table. That's where we were. And with the same amount of games played as Man City, both on 16 games, Manchester United really far back, to be fair, in 11th place. They've really managed to close that gap, Man United. They've done well. Um, but if you went into that new year and the results were that we were going to be playing Newcastle, Tottenham, Man United, Everton, Brentford, Man City, and then Villa, of which the Everton was away, which we always do badly at. We'd never beat City We've got you know, a decent record, actually, to be fair, at Aston Villa. But obviously, they've taken points at Aston, at Villa Park against Man City already this season. Man United on the up. Spurs away from home that we've not won at since 2014. Uh, and a Newcastle side that had a ridiculous defensive record prior to us playing in that game. If you'd have told me that we could come out of that period with still being top of the table and having a game in hand at home against Everton to go potentially five points clear, I would have said, wow. You know, that's, that is still such a good position to be in after a very typically challenging run of fixtures. And yet there was this sense of absolute, oh, we've blown it. Oh, it's gone. Oh, it's disappeared. We're never winning the title now. This constant necess- necessity to be apocalyptic about Arsenal's chances. Um, the Jorginho thing. The Edu thing. We talked a bit about it last night on the podcast. The fact that Edu out was trending after both the Brentford game and the Man City game shows you how fickle we can be as a fan base because ultimately it's Edu's work to pivot towards Jorginho, who's been the man of the match for Arsenal in the last two games, that is one of the big reasons why we're still top. One of the big reasons why we are where we are because if it wasn't for going for Jorginho after we tried, really tried, more than maybe we should have done to get Caicedo, if it wasn't for Edu going for Jorginho in those last couple of days with, of course, Arteta helping alongside and those two working to get that deal done, we would have been playing Lukonga in these games. And with the most utmost respect of Lukonga, he just isn't of the level of Jorginho. And so in the space of two days, you've managed to get Jorginho through the door on an 18-month contract, which is so entirely risk-free for us, and get a player in that's now been able to start 15 games already for Chelsea. He wasn't on the fringes. This guy was starting for Chelsea this season, getting through the door for 10-odd million quid on an 18-month deal of an option of an extra year, and he's come in and done exactly what we needed, which is to be the guy that replaces Partey and gives a better performance of the existing players that we already had at the club. It's so frustrating when people don't give it the time of day and immediately switch the the whole mindset to it's the end of the world. This is terrible. It's just who we are. I know we've got PTSD of all the things that have happened in the past, but it's just so frustrating that we can't just get behind this team, be positive about things, be optimistic about things, and appreciate where we are is above and beyond where we thought we were going to be. And that's the reality. And that is the situation. And so I'm very, very happy to be top of the table where we are with the squad we have. And we've done all of that that I've said without arguably our best player in Gabriel Jesus. That entire period I talked about, that entire period that I talked about from the World Cup against, you know, ending records against teams 
like uh, like Manchester United, like against Tottenham. Ending those records, we did that with our best player in Gabriel Jesus, arguably our best player. For many, I think he's probably the most important player. I know some people say Thomas Partey is that player, but again, we've managed to bring a player in that's helped cover that when he's been missing. But all of these games, no Jesus. Where are we top? What were people saying when he got injured? It's done. Nketiah can't be that guy. And trust me, Nketiah has struggled at times. I think he's made mistakes. But he's also scored some massive, massive goals that you have to appreciate as well. And I'll be certainly backing him to get a goal or two at the weekend against Leicester. And fingers crossed that he can. Went off on a bit of a rant there. Uh, <laughs> it's just It just really bugs me. Like... Uh, it it's kind of sums up that video, I think. And uh, I think, I can't remember who it was that said it to me. Um, it might have been Umar, actually. You know the video that's been going around of like, the Arsenal fan talking to his missus and she's saying, like, why aren't you happy? We're top of the table. And he's like, we don't want to be top of the table because it means we're, we won't, we might not be top of the table. We might miss out on it. We want to be chasing. We want to be on City and then win it. It's that one. That's, that's the mindset of us. We're so end-of-worldly about things. Um we just can't appreciate the here and now and live in the present about things. We're all so cataclysmic about everything that we talk about. Um, let's go to Bidi Guna, who says, Morning, Tom. Quick question. If you get a Steel City, if you get to Steel City, uh, Pittsburgh, a Guna scarf, would you hang it up on the wall? Yes, I absolutely would. Um, I'm always happy to get them. As I say, I'm going to be in Chicago in April. I look forward to probably bringing back a load of scarves uh, from different supporters clubs. Certainly something that potentially could happen. Uh, let's go to Yaya, who says, uh, Hi, Tom, why don't we praise Eddie for his work rate? I feel I do praise him for his work rate. I feel I've been very praising of the things he's done outside of the goals that he scored. Against Tottenham in particular, I thought he was fantastic despite not getting a goal. I thought everything he did off the ball was excellent. Against Everton and against Brentford, it wasn't so great. He weren't there. And against Aston Villa, he needed to be clinical. He had that big chance, one-on-one, has to score it. Has to score it. And I I guarantee you, if he's in that chance after the game against Man United, he probably scores. He probably scores. Um, But yeah, he's had a few games now where his his confidence has been hit. And he is a confidence player. and, And he needs to kind of get that back. And hopefully this win brings that to him. He is, as Christopher says, though, he is just tired. He is absolutely shattered and he's been overworked and overused and that's not his fault. And it's not the club's fault either because Jesus being out has been a massive, massive thing for us. Um, so uh, that's going to finish off for today's show, I think. Um, answered plenty of questions. Managed to go on a bit of a rant as well, which I always enjoy. And uh, I managed to catch us up on all of today's stories. Uh, you can read my interview with Alexander Zinchenko on football.london. So make sure you go over there and give that article a read that came out this morning. Um, I'll be back this evening on the Arsenal Lounge. Not here on the Arsenal Lounge. So make sure you come and join us. Always a good chat. Good fun with the boys over there. And then other than that, I'll be back tomorrow morning um, to bring you a show again at 8am. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you, as it always is. Drop a like on the video if you could. I'd really appreciate that. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. We're very close to hitting 45,000 subs. And uh, yeah, I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. 
all your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mate's already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.